Welcome to the fourth episode, or four, of For Pete's Sake. I'm Pete. I'm Gibbs. And I'm uh, producer Trevor. The enthusiasm right off the bat. We're joined by a special guest today, Tony Nardoni. Thanks, Pete, for introducing me. I'm glad to be on the first episode here. We're glad to have you. Yeah. The inaugural guest. We're going to be go- using his expertise in a particular field later on in the show. But until then, he's just going to join in on the uh, casual conversation we're having. So feel free anytime. For sure. Thanks, man. So the first topic we're going to cover today was the uh, Wimbledon Championship that took place today. Novak Djokovic defeating Roger Federer in five sets in a five-hour game. What are your thoughts about that, Gibbs? I know you love tennis. Huge tennis fan. Um, honestly, after watching that match, I'm just speechless. I, I can't even give you an analysis on what just happened out there at Wimbledon. Yeah, incredible. Left you without words. Yeah, I would say there's probably only one other match that comes to mind in terms of just like pure stamina that I can think of straight off the bat. I see where you're going. You want to, you want to say it? I mean, I'll go down that down that road. It's uh, the, the match from uh, Seven Days in Hell. Featuring Aaron Williams and Charles Lloyd Poole. A classic. Yeah, the 2001 Wimbledon men's final. Not enough people talk about that. No. I mean, Aaron Williams in general, too. Like, people always talk about Serena and Venus as uh, some of the best tennis players ever, but I think Aaron really usurps them, and on the men's side especially. Yeah, I think uh, the docu- documentary, I haven't watched it in a while, but uh, it really just highlights what went on during that match. I think they referred to it as a reverse blindside, am I right? Yeah, no, it was uh, he was adopted by the Williams family, and uh, for those who don't know, Aaron Williams is as, as uh, Caucasian as they come. And uh, he really uh, had to give it his all against the uh, stunning Brit Charles Lloyd Poole and his uh, extreme cunning and intelligence out there on the court. The whole country putting pressure on him, all eyes on him, including the Queen. Oh, no, man. I mean, anytime you get a personal visit from the Queen before a match, that's going to throw you off. And uh, thankfully, neither Federer or Djokovic is uh, English, so they didn't have to deal with that. But I can't... Im- I can't imagine the pressure he was under. Isn't Federer 37? He is. How is he playing for five hours out there? How can you play any sport for like five hours? I don't straight? know. I was wondering that. What sport will last? I mean, baseball, I guess. If it's like 18 innings, God, what a boring sport. No, you said we skipped right over the All Star game coverage today. <laughs> probably did that on purpose, though. I mean, do we even know which league won? I mean, the AL. I feel like the AL always wins it. The AL won. Yeah. yeah, that's a good bet. But Russell Westbrook got traded to the uh, the Houston Rockets to team up with James Harden. Forgot his name there. What are your thoughts about that, Gibby? Yeah, so I mean that's a, that's a big trade, and Woj dropped that bomb. I think we were all kind of expecting Westbrook to uh, to get traded, and fortunately he didn't end up on the Pistons, or maybe fortunately, depending how you look at it. But that trade was really two guys coming down on the downfall of their careers. I mean they're not there yet, but they're pushing thirty. They're over thirty years old, and you know, they're both getting to the point where it's obviously like Chris Paul was having trouble with Harden and they both just needed a change of scenery as well as like the Thunder are stockpiling draft picks right now. So like clearly they, they wanted some picks in that. But one of the things that I thought was crazy was they're like trading draft picks for the year like 2024, 2025 and like 2026. And these guys aren't even like in high school yet. Yeah, so like a 14-year-old just got treated for Chris Paul. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous, and he like has no idea right now. But one of the big things from this trade was, uh, do you know the name Cliff Paul? I think so. You want to refresh my memory there? Yeah, he was just featured. Uh, he, I guess he's a long-lost brother of Chris Paul, but he's featured in the State Farm commercials. He's the true goat. I mean, Chris Paul and James Harden got along so well. 
and those uh those State Farm commercials, huh? With Oscar from The Office. It's crazy what money will make you do, I guess. I have no idea how their that duo is gonna work, Westbrook and Harden. I mean, they both want the ball. I mean, both those guys have combined to have the five worst seasons in NBA history in terms of like a turnover rate. Westbrook's, you know, he's pushing thirty, and that's when guys start kind of regressing a little bit. Not Federer. I mean, on the clay, he's unstoppable. That's Nadal. Uh, some that's how that's how much I know about tennis. <laughs> Excellent, there. Sounded smart. Well, there's now some great duos in the NBA. You got Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, Kawhi. Got LeBron, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Suchovic, Ivezai. Yes. So Gibbs, out of those duos, which uh, which one do you like the best there? You know, I'm thinking outside of the box here a little bit. I think the best duo, Pete and Gibbs. I love you, Pete. All right. I love the chemistry <laughs> building on this podcast. How do you think uh, the chemistry is built over these last few episodes, Nardo? I mean, honestly, that was beautiful right there. Yeah, I'm just love trying to it. talk them up a little bit. To the guys, just enjoying their time together on this podcast. Just guys being dudes. Do you have any more uh, duos, Pete? Yeah, well, thank you for that. Uh, those compliments there, fellas. We are moving on to, that had me thinking about top duos in history. Now, this isn't just, you know, sports. This is TV, movies, stuff in general, I guess. This is kind of a weird list. But look, Gibbs, I found a list on Ranker.com, the official website that ranks things, right? So that's the official rankings here of top duos in history. Would you like to... Actually, Anthony, how about you for this one? Would you like to give me a couple guesses what you think about the top 10 here? Hmm. Well, just a duo that came to mind when you said all-time and, you know, in any kind of genre or field. I mean, really, Frodo Baggins and, and Samwise Gimji. That that's an awesome movie or trilogy. And then you know they just really great friends Frodo. support each other. You know, Frodo wouldn't have made it that far without Sam. He would not have made it. You know, so I guess that's one possibly in the top ten. I mean, that duo really displays the power of friendship more than anything. It really does. <laughs> one would say a fellowship. <laughs> Well, sadly, they're not in the top 10, though. You want me to read you a couple names here? So we had number one was Tom and Jerry. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't really feeling that one. This wasn't made for our generation. Where did uh, they get these from? Yeah. Well, this is Ranker. They have the official list. You don't, you don't question Ranker. Where is this research being done? From Ranker. Let's hear the rest of the list, Pete. So number two was Batman and Robin. They're like you, you. People refer to them. It's as another Batman classic. Robin. Yeah. yeah, I would put them over Tom and Jerry. Now, number three, Bert and Ernie. Ooh. Talk about a friendship there. Grew up with those guys. Sesame Street. From I think it was the, the Muppets, right? Something like that. No, they were Sesame Street. It's Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> number four, Scooby Doo and Shaggy. That's a good one. You forget about them. Number five, Anthony. You'll like this one. Han Solo and Chewbacca. Oh, I, I don't know how I didn't even think of that. That's awesome. The big chew. <laughs> now number six this is this is where the list gets a little weird this one makes sense but it's peanut butter and jelly that's a trio it, it doesn't really do, is it peanut butter oh because you need bread i mean it's three yeah it's true oh yeah because you do need bread because you're not just oh. eating peanut butter and jelly I'm you telling have you this list, this list is rigged i mean if you've managed to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich breadless i mean i'd love to see that well just, i doubt anyone has but if you don't have bread like come on you know, in general. Of course. Straight it's bread. all about that bread. Uh, I got another one for you, Pete. I'm not sure if it made the list, but I want. Uh, I was wondering if you could check and see if it did. I'll check for you. And that's uh, Harbog and finishing third in the Big Ten East. Ouch. <laughs> I would. I, that's my number one, personally. <laughs> Any of those? Only 58 days till football season. Can't wait. 
fire take from Gibbs there. You know, I rewatched the uh, Michigan State-Wisconsin game with the Hail Mary today. Oh, uh, Keith Nicole in the end zone? Yep. Beautiful. One of the best moments of my life. Brought back some great memories there. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling we're going to have a good season. We'll have a uh, Spartan football preview coming up uh, later on in uh, this podcast here as we approach football season. Yes, we will. Well, circling back to our original topic there was the NBA. We're talking about NBA duos. Gibbs, I know you had a couple thoughts about Summer League. Were you looking to share those today? Pete. Yes. You know, honestly, we all came in here and didn't really know what we were going to talk about this week. There wasn't too much going on sports-wise. Like, there was the all-star break for baseball. Uh, Football season's still a ways away. And the NBA free agency is basically over, which only leaves room for, you guessed it, the hype train known as the NBA Summer League. For those who haven't been watching the most exhilarating and intense playoff series in any sport, the Pistons uh, were undefeated in the Summer League, but unfortunately their playoff run came to an end last night with a loss to the Nets. Seku, and the boom. I, I still can't pronounce his last name, played his first game last night on the summer league and he looked good he dropped nine points and had two rebounds in 13 minutes it wow was, nine points it was his debut so like you know it's good seeing him go going out there he's been battling a hamstring injury but he looked good in his Pistons debut Bruce Brown is he's also been balling out uh during the summer league he wasn't able to play it in his last game due to a coach's decision but he's been balling out he's threw up uh, a triple double for the Pistons uh, in the game prior so it looks like we won't even need uh Westbrook on the Pistons this year uh, he became the third ever person in Summer League to record a triple-double. Wow. Crazy. Mind-blowing. And then just rounding up the rest of the stuff going on in the Summer League with the Pistons, former Spartan Matt Costello has been uh, been balling out for us, and it looks like he actually has an outside shot of making the Pistons roster as a backup center. That's so sad. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely not good, but he led the way in scoring for us. I think he averaged like 15, 16 points a game. And if the Pistons don't sign him, it's likely that someone else will at this point. And then just another tidbit, Matt McQuaid also played three games on our Summer League roster, the former MSU standout, and he averaged two points. So I think he's going straight to the European Basketball League. But all in all, it was a good summer, and I'm excited to see where the regular season goes as we defend our uh, NBA Summer League quarterfinals appearance. Well, thanks for that, Gibbs. Uh Love to hear some Pistons talk there, some Summer League action, keeping the fans updated. But I think it's time to move on to the main event. I mean, we got the expert here. It's time to bring up his segment here. Gibbs, this past week, there's been, a, as we talked about, it's been not a ton of sports-related stories, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought this would be a good time to talk about the real issues that are currently sweeping the nation. So most notably, let's talk about Area 51. All right, Pete. Well... So there's been some great updates going on on Facebook, actually. Should we should we say what it is in case anyone didn't know? Do yeah. You want, do you want me to run it down? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a movement from they say conspiracy theorists, but they're more like truth seekers. You know, that's the real heroes to break into Area 51 and start out as a Facebook group uh, with the objective to see them aliens with the caption they can't stop all of us which that's true. The proposed plan set September 20th as the date, I believe. Yep, that's correct. Of the yeah. barrage. So uh, this is and exactly this is why we had you here, our alien Area 51 expert, Tony Nardoni. Yeah, thank you. Um, so thanks for describing a little bit, Pete. Uh, so the current 
plan. Actually, it started, you said, you know, like conspiracy theorists, but really it's it's spread to the masses. They want to really break in against the government, see what's going on in Area 51. There's uh, any aliens there, possibly, you know, free them and take them home and any alien technology as well. Well, how are the preparations going? I know you're very involved in this. So there's all kinds of battle plans online that I've been seeing from Instagram communities or Facebook communities and all involving, you know, very influential people. Shows how, you know, how many people have become involved in this Area 51 do you sort want to raid? Yeah, the raid. Yeah. Do you want to go over one of the battle plans for us? Kind of walk us through what you uh, what you've uncovered here. Yeah. Um, so we've got you know possible involvement from the you know people like. Well, I mean, obviously everyone's going to drop in off the battle bus. Oh well, yeah. Of course, thanking the bus driver. On the way down. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I'm interested in your analysis on the uh, tactics of this sort of battle. So from the plans I've seen, we starts off with obviously everyone dropping off the battle bus. Our sort of like, you know, background players, getaway people. We got the horses in the back um, waiting for everyone. And also OJ Simpson and his team of armored Broncos. You can't stop the Broncos. I, I mean, is there a better getaway duo than that? We were talking about dynamic duos earlier. That should have definitely made that top 10 list. Um, I think it's awesome that Lil Nas X is going to possibly appear, you know, with the horses. In the back, of course. Yeah. I mean, now that OJ's free, he's been super involved on social media. The juice is loose. I mean, <laughs> Lil Nas X was already able to hide the fact that like he was gay in his lyrics, but while giving subtle hints, maybe he's been giving subtle hints that he's actually the leader of this plan to invade Area 51. If he is, that's, that's a pretty bold, you know, pretty bold plan to enact here again against going you know again or going against the the u.s government possibly but you know i'm interested in the possible outcomes that of this raid of area 51 possible alien technology or aliens that could be freed being and held how, being held captive possibly. exactly i think think about how if they were freed by the i guess basically the general public of the united states that could really launch us into a possible next Generate like next generation that really could create one of the best duos of all time us and some alien species you don't know well think about some of the characters that have been popping up lately we've had a gonga ginga guy popping out of nowhere and no one knows what he's saying really but uh theoretically if you think about it this plan to invade area 51 and free the aliens has popped up maybe he's the only one that can communicate with him or better yet maybe he is an alien himself that has been out of containment for like many years and assimilated into our culture and is ready to lead them into a new life. Also, you have to look at Belle Delphine. I know we talked about her last week with the bathwater. That's just an insane idea. It's otherworldly. Maybe she's an alien too. That's also she a She does aliens not look among. like a human. <laughs> no. she. I mean, we people say she looks like a real life anime girl. That's not natural. You're not supposed to look two dimensional. Again, probable alien. But back to this battle plan here, um, what's your analysis on the idea of using um, particularly these two groups of people as sort of the uh, first line going in, you know, the pawns in the uh, game, so to speak, those being, uh, of course, Taylor Swift stands and Kyles? I think the Kyles are really going to change the, the tide of this battle, you know, especially if they're supplied with something like monster energy drink, it's going to be insane. Like, you, you can't how can the Area 51 guards fight them off? You know what I mean? There's too many of them. Exactly. They're going to punch holes in like all the walls there and just allow the other teams to just access the, the base so much more easily. Well, the way this plan's laid out, it has the NRA coming in behind them. So See, how do you stop that? Again, the NRA is going to be armed to the teeth, obviously. <laughs> and the, the Area 51 guards will probably 
at that point just have to bail you know just for their own life for their own sake you know too much man i know they're, they're coming for i me. feel like we're taking a risk just even talking about this yeah, and releasing it to the public but anyway the rest of this plan uh sort of uh concludes by having women and children coming in from the south um i mean you're not gonna attack women and children obviously they're too yeah. innocent no There's... they would like you would least expect that exactly and they're they can be the ones that can sneak in and get everyone out while uh, the people from the north include uh seal team six lebron james furries and guys that drink white clothes i'm curious to see what pete thinks about lebron being involved in this area 51 action yeah well he's the goat so of course you want to have him up there you come in from the north it appears i'm looking on screen you got lebron as trev said seal team six guys with white claws is there a lot of those i um secretly there might be a lot of those right i mean when you're talking to guys they might not say they drink them but you know i mean you know Pete, there's a rumor going around that you were drinking white claws last night i heard that you brought them you can't prove anything so i mean let's just get the cat out of the bag this is a white claw approved podcast so we were part of the guys that drink white claws i don't really want to be part of that group i'll be there i mean would you rather be a kyle or a furry i, I my guess is no but uh, anyway, you said LeBron's involved in this. Do you think he'll, uh, I, I mean, I, I question whether or not he's actually going to be attacking in this. He'll probably just bring his film crew and this will be a scene in Space Jam 2. I don't think about it. That would be at least, you know, some good documentation would be good. Because yeah. even if the battle did, you know, the battle attack fell and the Area 51 guards prevailed against, you know, the public, at least then we have on film exactly what happened and possible, you know, seeing new any kind of technology there or whatever exactly i wouldn't be surprised if lebron also sat out for uh for load management like he did a lot last year too well is he gonna need a super team like this just says lebron right here it needs to be like lebron and ad lebron and you know Kawhi, lebron and kevin durant like he can't do it on his own not anymore not not at this age no i i think just because it shows you know lebron and seal team six coming in from the north they'll probably be linked up linking up once they make it past that first round of guards that's just my thought now this isn't documented on the plan but this is something i've theorized um who do you think like which group of these people will uh open the portal to allow david copperfield to teleport in and get the aliens out i mean it's yeah it feels like you're onto something like I, could you provide a little I, more i've thought a lot there? about this and th- again the way it looks to me is that that'll be the job of the women and children because i mean yes we're in a society now where women can do anything but still, like, if you're just approaching Area 51, you're going to suspect less of them. And they can just be like, oh, sorry, we're in the wrong area. We'll, we'll go back. And then they don't go back. They know exactly what they're doing. And they go in there. They open the portal where all the aliens are being held. Bam. David Copperfield appears <laughs> on their shoulders and gets them out of there. Takes them to the Great Wall of China. But instead of going to the Great Wall of China, teleports them to... The Wimbledon Finals. Trev, you're just giving away too much information right now. Am I? (laughs) Yeah, they're going to know how to defend it. Well, well, Tony, we're kind of wrapping this up here. Should we feel more afraid or excited about this invasion or barrage into Area 51? Is there a way we should prepare? I think, you know, be excited for the possible outcomes of victory at Area 51 and any new, like I said, you know, news, I mean... That would really be like societal changing of, you know, finding aliens or alien technology. Um, other than that, you know, uh, just keep your ears out for the, the actual, you know, September 20th when this is supposedly going down. 
and look for updates. Just be excited, you know? That's, Maybe you can find guess. us on the Facebook group, I believe, the yeah. details. Yeah, right now, there's, there's about a million people going. So I think they, they can't stop a million people. There's this, no way. However, that is not the total uh, fan base of the Logan Paulers out there. So we need you uh, to commit to this further, especially that group in particular. All right. Well, Low thank gang. you. Thank you for that expertise, Tony. Thanks, Pete. Should we move on to our, our last two segments here, most popular segments? Gibbs, would you like to go first with uh, Gibbs your take? Yeah, I would love to. <clears throat> there are few moments in a man's life where he's allowed to cry. Possibly a funeral, his wedding, and of course watching Marley and me. Now, I'm not one to get emotional, but I experienced one of these moments myself over this, this past week. As I was sitting back, relaxing after a hard day at work, I opened up the Instagram app to try to get my mind off the struggles of a typical day at, at an office. To my dismay, the first picture I see is a former Tiger, Justin Verlander. And no, not just a picture of him and uh, Kate Upton that leaked, but of him and two other former Tigers and one soon-to-be former Tiger at the All-Star Game. Justin Verlander, J.D. Martinez, James McCann, and the soon-to-be treated Shane Green were all in the picture. Not, not to even mention Max Scherzer was also pitching at the game, um, at the All-Star game, who's a, a former Tiger. I think back to the days where the Tigers were relevant, with Central Division titles in 2011, 12, 13, and 14. And remis- re- yeah, if I could speak, and reminisce on the playoff runs with these former players. Way to push through. I love it. I think about just how good our roster was, and we have no rings to show for it now. And by the way, Torrey Hunter should have caught that ball. Fast forward to now, the Tigers are on track for 110 losses this year, which would be the worst in franchise history since bad? 1901. And they still might not even be the like second or third worst team in the American League. But we're only going to get worse as we start selling and trading away our assets. We have nothing. So cheers to another four years, to infinity years of a rebuild. God, that was depressing. <laughs> I mean, do they even know what they're doing on this rebuild? No, and Alvilia, uh, Alvi- Alvilia, Alvilia, Jesus. Yeah. Close. So it's like Doombay over again, man. I know, I can't talk. But he just got her, uh, an extension, Yeah. so we're stuck with him now. I, I, I really don't think, obviously we've gone from Mike, rest in peace, you know, great yeah. honor, but uh, Chris is clearly not showing the same level of urgency to compete with either of his teams, so this might be a rough few years for the no, Tigers and Red Wings. It's just tough to watch, like yeah. Cabrera's can't, can't hit anymore i mean the average is there but he can't no power he can't run and i mean yeah. like half of our salary is tied up between him and zimmerman it's just who doesn't even pitch or doesn't even pitch well when he, he pitched, is healthy he pitched today and uh gave up three runs in the first inning and that's all i watched classic tigers yep well gabe thanks for that segment which was a little more cheery but thank you for informing us there it's time for the most one of the most popular segments for Pete's sake. I hope you can pick us up a little bit now. I'll try. I think I will. So Gibbs, Tony, I know you're, I'm a little young to be doing this, but I'm going to have a back in my day segment. You ever ask your younger siblings or cousins what they grew up watching? No? All right. I mean, sure. Yeah. You'll hear titles such as Ant Farm, Dog with a Blog, and Good Luck Charlie. Why isn't it Good Luck Chuck? Doesn't that just sound better? Because it's a woman. Well, these kids missed out on the golden era of kids' TV, but we did not. So Gibbs, Tony, 
Buckle up, because we're going on a trip down memory lane, Xing right into the 2000s television for kids. Let's pick it up with Hannah Montana. You guys remember that? A pre-twerking Miley Cyrus. She's just a regular Joe by day, but a secret pop star by night, and no one could tell because of a wig. Simpler times. You could say that's the best of both worlds. <laughs> also, on a side note, who would have thought that like 12 years later, her dad would be more popular at the moment? I'm, I'm just happy to see it that Billy Ray's come back into the spotlight. I mean, that's the hottest song of the year. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> we also had Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. You guys remember that one? Better than the Sweet Life on deck. Two twin boys living their entire lives in the hotel. Where do I check in? I mean, you got Ashley Tisdale living there, too. There's more of this. We're just getting started. That was just the Disney Channel shows. Amanda Bynes hosted a show at night. What happened to her? This is before she claimed there was a microchip in her head. So I feel like that should be more entertaining today. They brought her back. Pro- probably, yeah. I don't know if it'd be suited for kids, but I would definitely watch. Is she yeah, coming maybe. to Area 51? You think they maybe implanted the chip at Area 51? It's released com- her back to the public? It's come full circle. Which group is she in? I mean... Does she really fit into she's, Taylor Swift? She's got to be teaming up with LeBron. I, no, I think she's actually part of one of the drivers in the OJ Simpson and Armored Bronco team. Sounds likely, honestly. Yeah. We had the prequel to Game of Thrones, Dragon Tales. <laughs> uh, we had Caillou. You guys, remember that one? Oh. It was a modern day Charlie Brown. I mean, felt that looked like a pube on his head. <laughs> uh, we all learned what the. But an aardvark was watching Arthur. That was a good show. The glasses stayed in his head, but not behind his ears. You ever notice that? I mean, it's a cartoon beat. You guys remember Zaboomafu? How could you forget? It's on Amazon Prime. It's only two seasons. Kids, if you're listening, that's the one show out of all of these you really need to catch up on. I want to say rest in peace to Zaboomafu, the Z- uh, lemur. He passed away, like, I think a year or two ago. I think it was 2014. Oh, really? He was 20. Ago? God damn. He was 20 years old? Yeah. He's almost as old as me. For a lemur. That one hit me harder than Harambe. Honestly, yeah. Oh, we also had the Teletubbies. That was, they were kind of creepy, though. They were. Like, honestly, they were just... What was the point of that show? I was not a, I was not a Teletubbies viewer, um, so I can't really... I mean, they had a pet vacuum cleaner. So there's <laughs> that. Well, they made a live-action one, the Teletubbies. It's called The Wiggles. <laughs> don't 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 throw shade at the Wiggles like fruit salad, banger. Gibbs, I think that's all I got. I, I mean, hope you enjoyed a little bit of nostalgia, make you feel a little bit better after the depressing Tigers take. Yeah, no, I'm a... reminiscing a little bit. Thanks for that, Pete. I mean, can I add a few more shows to this? What do you got? I mean, Drake and Josh for number one. I never watched Drake and Josh. What? Wow, someone missed out. That was like the best show on Nickelodeon for a while. Very clearly. Also, I mean, early Spongebob. Granted, they still play that, but as it was coming out, there was nothing better. Do they still play that? They still do. They made a like, 20th anniversary episode a few days ago, Wow. I want to say. Did you watch it? I did not, but I had seen the promotion for it. I'm sure the kids out there enjoyed it. Um, and then from there, also, got to mention Dexter's Laboratory. Just no. Yeah, I never, I never tuned in. The classics. I mean, that dude's sister, man. I don't know how he, how she kept managing to, you know, get in his way. But she did. 
Yeah, there's a lot of Cartoon Network shows. I feel like we didn't mention much of those. Dexter's Lab was on Cartoon Network, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Courage. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah. That was another good one. Nice. Creepy. Uh, a little creepy, but you know. You know, you need a little scary in your life as a child. Yeah. Trev, do you have a story for us now? You know? I really wanted to touch back on this uh, Belle Delphine story from last week. <laughs> However, uh, I was in doing my research, I found out I had been bamboozled. So, uh, right after we dropped the podcast last week, <laughs> you I bamboozled. <laughs> I did, but I, I mean, anyway, going back on this, right after we dropped the podcast last week, there was a—I uh, I don't know if it's an article or a post I saw, um, sort of elaborating on what we talked on, saying that she was selling her urine as a one-time deal to one customer for $10,000. And, you know, from all the stuff I've seen lately that just, it's not even out of the ordinary. I didn't even question that it was real. Um, but it turns out a few days later that, no, that is in fact false. Uh, she was not selling her urine. And I, I want your guys' take on this. Um, had that been true, do you have to respect the game or do you uh, just sit there and disgust? Sit there and discuss. All I'm going to say is $20 is $20. Yeah. So going from there, um, we also have to give an update on uh, Mr. Gunga Ginga guy. Um, he made a video recently uh, actually revealing his voice. You know, he talked about uh, being a meme or a meme, as he said. And uh, he's going to continue to uh, Gunga Ginga his way through life. And uh, we look forward to uh, whatever he has coming next. Can't wait to see it. Of course. You should try to get him on the show. For sure. Um, I really didn't have a story this week, so that's about all I got. That's a really good ad-lib. You know? That's good. Also, a little update on the podcast on the business side. We have got a uh, host lined up, and uh, we should be... I know we've been saying this last few episodes, but fingers crossed this time, knock on wood, we should be uh, not only Spotify within the next uh, week or two, but also... Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, and various other uh, sort of sound hosting sites. So We're going big. Got that to look forward to. Well, thanks, Tony Nardoni, for uh, joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate the insight, man. For, for sure. It's fun being here. That's all we got until next week. Signing off. <laughs>